All right, Manitoba, welcome back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day, as always. Real fast, Manitoba, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show, especially sharing. It truly does help. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Facebook and YouTube as Manitoba Free Thinker, uh, TikTok, Rumble, Minds, Liberty. All the rest is mbfreethinker. Um, and if you want to send me an email, that's mbfreethinker at gmail.com or go to my website, mbfreethinker.wordpress.com and you can get the links to all the uh, audio-only shows there. All right, Manitoba, can we honestly call ourselves friendly Manitoba still? I mean, it's week in, week out that I'm constantly reporting uh, crimes. And Manitoba, it is getting worse. I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware. Like, even for Winnipeg, I'm just going to literally... I'm going to get into it so I don't uh, make this episode too long. Look at this. From CBC, second-degree murder charges laid against another teen in a series of attacks in Winnipeg. So two boys linked to three violent attacks in the city during a span of two and a half hours. So a second 15-year-old boy was arrested in connection with two homicides and another attack in Winnipeg last week has been formally charged with two counts of second-degree murder and one count of aggravated assault. 15 years old, Manitoba. Police previously announced the teen had been arrested on Sunday, but he had not been charged. Uh, the teen was arrested in Long Plains First Nation, southwest of Portage of Prairie. Uh, side note, Manitoba, I think Portage of Prairie is ranked the third most dangerous city. I, I can't remember it's been between Portage and Selkirk, but they keep battling it out. I, and we all know Thompson holds the top top rank for that one. Uh, but with uh, the so the teen was arrested. Uh, in Long Plains, southwest of Portia Prairie, with the assistance of the Manitoba First Nation Police Service. The three attacks happened during a span of two and a half hours on the morning of August 22nd. Around 4.30 a.m., a man in his 50s was found critically injured in a parking lot on Main Street between Jarvis and Sutherland. You know what, Manitoba, time and time again, I'm consistently saying the exact same addresses. I don't understand why we don't have patrol cops get out of their fucking patrol cars and walk the beat or i mean like don't we then we used to have like bike uh cops on bikes but if there was a consistent presence in these neighborhoods that are the exact same neighborhood pretty much the same block week after week it, it's unreal that nothing changes and everyone like all our elected officials they keep promising everything year after year uh, so, where was I? So, he was found between Jarvis and Sutherland Avenue in Point Douglas neighborhood. And uh, so, about an hour and a half later, and two blocks south of there, Marvin Felix, 54. Like, these teens are attacking old old men. He was found critically hurt in the alley off Main Street near the Bell Hotel. And, uh, unfortunately, he died three days later. And then around 7 a.m. the same Monday, a uh, body of 36-year-old Danielle Ballantyne was discovered in the Jarvis Avenue apartment building near Maine, half a block from the parking lot where uh, the first victim was found. 
The first 15-year-old boy was arrested in Winnipeg on August 24th and charges in connection with the incidents. Oh, sorry, and charged. A Canada-wide warrant was issued for the second youth and then cancelled when he was arrested on Sunday. Uh, police have said that they there may have be other people connected with the first assault and that there's evidence suggesting there may be other victims of assault um, of assaults the same day who have not yet spoken to police. A fourth assault that morning is being investigated as possibly related. Around 5.30 a.m., an injured man in his 50s flagged down officers near Logan Avenue and uh, Disraeli Freelay, a short distance from the Bell Hotel. He told the police he had been assaulted and he was taken to hospital in stable condition. And uh, police are asking for information, call Crime Stoppers. So Manitoba, 15 years old. And they're, and I mean, I like... We all know about the Forks and all the stabbings that have been happening there. We all know Chief Danny Smith was saying, hey, this is normal in Winnipeg. There's been like 1,200 stabbings in the past year. So, like, what what is our elected officials doing? That's what I want to know, Manitoba. October 26th, that's why, I, again, I keep harping how important it is to vote. But it's not just Winnipeg. From CTV News, police pursuit of Manitoba homicide suspect ends with vehicle in flames, body found on ATV trail. Again, the age. These, these, they're so young. A Winnipeg man is facing a first-degree murder charge after a weekend pursuit with police that ended in a vehicle going up in flames. Steinbeck RCMP say they got a call Saturday around 1.40 p.m. indicating there had been a homicide. Mounties say when they responded to a home on Creekside Drive in Steinbach to investigate. However, this suspect had already driven away in his vehicle. After further investigation, officers believed the deceased victim was in the vehicle as well. RCMP uh, say officers from multiple detachments, including Steinbach, Sprague, and Stonewall, began an intense search for the suspect. The Winnipeg Police Service also helped uh, as the suspect lived in the city. Mounties say they eventually found the vehicle near La Brokerie and conducted a traffic stop on Highway 52 west of town. Officers say during the arrest, the suspect was taken uh, into custody, but the vehicle caught fire. Um, it was extinguished by local fire department and searched, but the victim's body was not found. Police said they received further information that led officers to a remote ATV trail in a rural south, sorry, rural area south of the community of Woodridge, where the body of a 20-year-old woman was found. Like, 20 years old. That's sad. Family and friends say the woman is Michaela Gerard Rusin, who is missing since Thursday. RCMP also confirmed the missing person case is connected to the homicide investigation and said the victim and suspect knew each other. Uh, Gerard Rusin attended Rossbuck House in Winnipeg and was later part of the staff in an online message members of Rossbrook House said they are heartbroken calling her a lovely young woman RCMP say Josh Benoit 20 from Winnipeg was charged Sunday with first degree murder he was remanded into custody and is scheduled to appear in provincial court in Winnipeg on August 29th two 15 year olds killing two people and now a 20 year old Killing a 20-year-old. Like, and we still have, like, uh, 
all these laws in place that protect our youth. I mean, I'm I'm starting to really rethink those. I mean, come on, Manitoba. If fucking kids can get sex changes, they can go to jail when they fucking kill people. I mean, what what this is getting ridiculous. I mean, week in, week out, I'm consistently reporting this. And these people are getting younger and younger and way more brazen. And, and they're killing. Uh, so, again, like... From CBC, man accused of assaulting women, woman, attacked police during arrest. (laughs) This is our province. 36-year-old man became combative and struck two officers during arrest, Steinbeck RCMP said. Damn, tough day for Steinbeck, or tough week, I should say. Two police officers from Steinbeck, Manitoba, were treated at hospital for injuries after being attacked during the arrest of a man accused of assaulting a woman earlier this week. RCMP said in a news release on Friday. Steinbeck RCMP received a 911 caller at 10.50 p.m. Sunday regarding a vehicle hitting a deer on Provincial Road 302, 5 kilometers south of La Brokery. When the female passenger was talking to police, the male driver took the phone from her and advised that everything was fine. When questioned by the 911 operator, the driver became belligerent and hung up. So, like, what is going on with LeBrokery and Steinbeck lately? When officers arrived on the scene, a 62-year-old woman got out of the car and told them that there had been no collision and that she had been assaulted by the male driver. During his arrest, the 36-year-old man became combative and struck both officers before he was restrained, RCMP said. Uh, He was taken to hospital for injuries sustained during the arrest and was released back into police custody. Finally, they're actually starting to, like, remand these people into custody. Like, usually it's just, like, a catch-and-release program here in Manitoba. Well, for violent crime, anyways. So, the 36-year-old man from Vita, Manitoba, has been charged with assault, aggravated assault, uttering threats, and resisting arrest. Jesus. And it doesn't even stop there. It's not just citizens. On citizen violence, not no, that's that's not Winnipeg. We also have police violence. I mean, I, I'm sure this is justified, but still, I'm just it's it's the state of our city. That's the point I'm getting across. Man critically injured after Winnipeg police shooting in Windsor Park. That's the other thing, Manitoba is shootings are becoming very common, and. I'm going to take a wild get, uh, bet and say most of these guns aren't legally purchased. But, I mean, Trudeau's going to jump on that, obviously, and uh, try and punish law-abiding citizens. And, uh, you know what, like, we, you can't rely on the police to defend you. I'm reading murder after murder. The cops just show up, they're the cleanup crew. Uh, from CBC News. A man is in critical condition after he was shot by Winnipeg police in the city's Windsor Park neighborhood early Saturday morning. Officers were involved in a shooting shortly after 2 a.m., the Winnipeg Police Service said in a brief email statement later Saturday morning. The man was taken to hospital in critical condition. The Independent Investigation Unit of Manitoba, which is mandated to investigate all serious incidents involving police in the province, has been notified and is taking charge of the investigation. 
Police did not release any further information, uh, such as the man's age or where in Windsor Park. Okay, but they said he's a man, I guess. Interesting. When contacted Saturday morning, the Winnipeg Police Service duty officer uh, would not give any further details citing the IIU investigation. Then a number of officers and police vehicles, including a truck from the Forensic Identification Unit, were seen Saturday in a back lane near Bernier Bay, which is located in Windsor Park. On Saturday afternoon, CBC reporter and videographer saw evidence markers in a large section of the back lane, which was cordoned off by police tape, as well as drone flying above the area. A man who lives nearby told CBC News he was sleeping but woke up to shouting, then heard shots being fired. The man, whom CBC has agreed not to name, said he estimates he heard anywhere from 5 to 10 shots. Okay, so the man said he's not sure who was shot and hadn't heard anything from the investigators in the area. And, I mean, Manitoba, it this is not something new. Again, like, that could have been justified, but this is, like, just the ongoing theme. Like, how how could we say we're still friendly Manitoba? You know what I mean? We got kids killing old people. We got 20-year-olds killing their 20-year-old friends, girlfriends, I don't know. Uh, dudes fighting cops. Like, it's unreal. Man, uh, Global News, Manitoba RCMP officer charged with assault after 2019 excessive force allegation. So this is old news, but he's been recently charged, which is... If he did do that, I am very happy. Finally, cops are being held accountable. I, I, I can't believe in 2022, right? That's the year. We don't even have body. Our cops don't even have body cameras. If you think about how much crime we have in Winnipeg, I mean, in Manitoba as well, but especially Winnipeg, and we don't have body cameras. And I mean, think of how many um, allegations are thrown against the Winnipeg police. And if they're not true, the body cams would prove that. So, like, it's a win-win. And it would definitely improve um, the community outlook on the police. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Manitoba RCMP constables facing assault charges in connection with a 2019 arrest at Winnipeg Richardson International Airport. The Incident Investigation Unit, the province's police watchdog, said Monday that Constable Eric Green will appear in a Winnipeg courtroom September 26. So that's coming up at the end of the month. The charge is connected to an allegation of excessive force by Green, Green and another RCMP member during an arrest at the airport in August 1st, 2019. The RCMP has said they were initially called to the airport with the report of an intoxicated man who assaulted a person at the airport and then hit an officer in the face. The man, Nathan Lasak of Fort McMurray, Alberta, argued in court in 2021 that his charter rights were breached due to excessive use of force when he was being arrested by officers. Uh, surveillance video of the scene showed him hitting and kicking the officers multiple times over the course of more than a half hour before being handcuffed and an officer appearing to kneel on the neck for nearly five minutes. So that's probably what did it, I would assume, is the whole 
kneeling on the neck. Um, I I haven't played this, but let's take a look, Manitoba. Or I haven't watched this yet. <laughs> My bad. Uh, 20 seconds. That's fine. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Here, I'll go full screen. Oh, shit. What'd I do? A Manitoba Mountie has been charged with assault for his alleged conduct during a 2019 arrest at Winnipeg's airport. Video taken of the arrest appeared to show the officer press his knee on the neck of Nathan Lasuk, who can be heard saying he couldn't breathe. How are you breathing? You're breathing. When you're talking, you're breathing. That footage was taken by Lasuk's father as he lay on the ground under arrest for an alleged assault at the airport. That video, along with airport surveillance video, was shown as evidence in Lasuk's trial last summer, where he argued officers breached his charter of rights by using excessive force to arrest him. On Monday, Manitoba's police watchdog said there are reasonable grounds to believe a criminal offense occurred during that arrest. Constable Eric Guerin has now been charged with assault and is set to appear in court September 26th. All right. How do I get out of here? So that is like, well, I mean, this one was old, but that's basically... A week in Winnipeg again. Another like again. I'm reporting just crime after crime after crime. And what does our justice minister have to say about it? Um, here it is. I I, I touched on this real fast last episode, but I didn't read it. Manitoba justice minister wants people charged with knife crimes to have less chance at bail. How about? No chance at bail. Like, fuck these people. Uh, sorry for swearing, guys. But, I mean, man, this gets tiring after a while. <laughs> Just Manitoba Justice Minister wants to make it harder for people accused of violent crimes involving knives to get bail. How about just violent crimes, period? Like, who cares what they use? If they commit a violent crime, make it extremely hard to get bail. In a statement issued Thursday morning, Kevin Gortzen said he's written... Ooh. Good job, buddy. You've written a letter. He's written a federal justice minister, Dave Lametti, to ask that he consider making changes to the criminal code. Too often, those who use knives as weapons have had previous violent history and at times are on awaiting bail trial, are on bail awaiting trial on offenses when they are alleged to have committed another violent crime, Gortzen said. This is frustrating for Manitobans and devastating for those who are victimized. End quote. The criminal code currently makes it more difficult for people to be granted bail if they're charged with an offense involving a firearm under Section 51 or 515, bracket 6. Yeah, that's what I understand. Like, why don't they just make it hard if you commit a violent crime, period? Why does it matter what you use? Gordon said the federal government has the responsibility for setting the bail standards, 
Um, judges used to make their decisions, and he wants to see laws amended to also make it more difficult for someone to get bail if they're charged with a crime involving a knife. I wonder if that's just going to make criminals start using a bat, maybe. Like, why would you give them an out? These fucking people, man. Like, doesn't it tell you that he's just, like, virtual signaling or whatever? Like, because there's so many knife attacks in the news, now he wants to single out knives. But why wouldn't he just want to stop violent crime, period? Okay. The statement described uh, the proposed change as important in the interest of public safety, quote, given the prevalence of violent crimes committed with knives, both in Manitoba and in Canada. Uh, Michael Wainworth, a professor of the University of Winnipeg's Criminal Justice Department, said Gordon's request is an easy way for the province to appear to be tackling an issue people have been uh, become concerned about. But it's unclear how much of an impact the proposed change would have on reducing crime if it's sub, sub, if it's implemented at all, he said. The focus on changes at the federal level also distract from all the ways the provincial government could act to address the root cause of crime. And the proposal could lead to spending more money on keeping people in custody. I'm glad he was pointing that out. Like, like, whole... This is our justice minister trying to pass the buck. Those questions are echoed by the executive director of John Howard Society of Manitoba, an organization that works with people who have been incarcerated to mitigate their risk of reoffending. Quote, there's no magic and there's no panacea. There's numerous interventions that need to be created to assist people. She said many people she works with uh, need help with addictions, but there's often a waiting list for people seeking treatment in Manitoba. It's always give them an, give the violent criminals an excuse. They had a bad childhood. They're addicted to drugs. They're living below the poverty line. They're homeless. I agree, Manitoba, all bad things. None of those give you the right to commit a violent crime. Okay. So even the federal government does. Uh, so even if the federal government does decide to act on Gordon's request, it will likely be years before the legislation is passed. The, this is the kind of uh, solutions um, our Manitoba PC government proposed. It's no different than our health minister, like Audrey Gordon. She she'll put like that. She's hiring all these uh, doctors and or or creating all these new programs, and in the fine print you'll see. It, it'll say if they can find a doctor, if they can afford the doctor. So, I mean, this is right in line with the Manitoba PCs. Uh, talk about a situation that needs to be solved now and come up with a plan that's going to take years to implement. This guy's a joke, I'm telling you people. He also noted that circumstances around violent, alleged violent offenses, like uh, what type of weapon was believed to have been used are already discussed during bail hearings. I don't know why that even matters. So Gordon's statement said the province will make more suggestions related to the criminal code in the weeks ahead. Okay, Gordon, more more tough letters coming. Gordon says see uh, RCMP staffing shortage uh, quote serious concern. Manit- he just loves blaming people. Manitoba Justice Minister Emily Kevin Gortzen says the RCMP vacancy rate in our province has become an 
increasingly serious concern. So much so that Gorson has sent a letter to the Federal Minister of Public Safety asking for immediate action. <laughs> I wonder what his strong, strong-worded letter said. According to Gordon, there are concerns that RCMP detachments, particularly those in the North and, and Indigenous communities, are operating with inadequate staffing levels, impacting community safety and the health and safety of RCMP officers. The letter states that many rural and remote detachments in Manitoba have small staffing complements and that vacant positions pose major operational challenges for an impact, uh, impacted detachment, affecting the well-being of RCMP officers. Gortzen says another concern is what is happening in Thompson, where they are doing okay with their complement of officers, but nearly all of them are new. I sure as fuck hope they're wearing body cams, but they're not. Gortzen says no uh, part of Manitoba is immune to the RCMP shortage. Quote, I think it is safe to say that there is not a place that is po uh, policed by the RCMP where they aren't having challenges in keeping their full complement. Certainly, when I travel throughout Manitoba, I talk to RCMP officers in the different detachments, and I hear consistently they are having a hard time keeping folks in, end quote. Gortzen says Manitoba RCMP have uh, little control over their own vacancy rate since the number of new recruits out of the RCMP uh, depot division is managed nationally. So there you go. More blame. Why are we short on cops? It's the federal government. Why are the criminal? Why do we have like a catch and release program for violent criminals? It's the federal government. Sorry, sorry about that. But is that does that not seem like a common thread with our justice minister? Keeps blaming fucking everybody else but himself. Gordon says his concerns is not over the professionalism or complement of RCMP members, noting Manitoba Justice has the utmost confidence in members. He adds appropriate additional support is required so that RCMP detachments can continue, can continue their vital work in keeping communities safe and enforcing the law. Gordon is asking for the federal government to take immediate action to develop a concrete plan to address this issue. According to Gortzen, there are about 1,100 RCMP officers in Manitoba currently. Our province had a vacancy rate of about 7%, which includes positions that are not filled. On top of that is another 12 to 13% uh, that are vacant because individuals are either on maternity leave, paternity leave, or other medical leave. That gives a total vacancy rate at about 20% or more than 200 officers. Jesus. Quote, that's a significant vacancy rate, he says. And because we're concerned that it's going to get worse before it gets better, we really need to see that plan from the Federal Minister of Public Safety about what the plan is to recruit to retain RCMP officers. Gordon says he hears from Manitobans that there's not enough RCMP presence in our communities or that response times are too long. Again, he says this is not the fault of RCMP officers. Yeah, we know, buddy. It's your fucking fault. You are our justice minister. It is squarely on your shoulders.
So, what does he do about it? Our justice minister of Manitoba, this genius. Oh, my God. Manitoba to revamp neighborhood watch program with 46000 in funding. Is that not a fucking joke? This is the... Our justice minister wants to blame Trudeau. I mean, it is partly his fault. But blame, 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 blame. And then his fucking genius plan. Neighborhood watch? <laughs> like... $46,000 to Neighborhood Watch? I I'm sorry, didn't uh, Stephenson just give like, wasn't it something like $7 million to the uh, to the arts, the, symph the symph symphony, the orchestra, all that shit? Wasn't it like $7 million? The guy acknowledges that we have a knife attack issue and knife attacks are going up. What does he want to do? Revamp Neighborhood Watch. Manitoba is rebranding and revamping the Neighborhood Watch program in hopes of increasing community safety. How about letting law-abiding community members have weapons, have their guns? Quit taking those fucking things away. Justice Minister Kevin Gorton announced Tuesday that $46,000 in funding, like, that's going to go to administration costs. Uh, via the Criminal Property Fortiture Fund will be given to the Police Services Community Relations Unit to revitalize the program. Neighborhood Watch is a program that helps communities connect with law enforcement through meetings, training sessions, and PSAs. Think that's going to stop the stabbings, Manitoba? Meetings, training sessions, and public service announcements. Quote, <laughs> Our government is proud to support the Neighborhood Watch Program, an important community initiative that empowers citizens to work together to enhance safety and well-being of their community, end quote, said Gortzen. Informed, empowered communities deter crime and illegal activity, end quote. This, this guy is fucking serious. Do you think maybe this is why Winnipeg is like, crime capital of Canada year in and year out. It's because we elect jackasses like this. Again, Manitoba, I'm sorry for the language. I know I've, I've been really good at not swearing, but man, this one, this, this guy has me. Uh, the province is also spending 110000 annually as part of an ongoing funding strategy for the Manitoba Citizens on Patrol program. Give them fucking guns then, buddy. COPP is a volunteer-driven crime prevention initiative with 49 active groups and 500 members throughout Manitoba. The funding will go towards training, community prevention, signage. <laughs> oh, I hope those signs work. And safety patrolling equipment. Winnipeg residents who, uh, who to apply to participate... Winnipeg residents uh, who to apply to participate in the relaunch of the Neighborhood Watch can find out more on the police website. Three minutes and 45 seconds, Manitoba. Do you guys want to hear this? Nah. Actually, you know what? That's the last article I have. And so I'm going to keep this episode super short like I always wanted to. Half hour, that's perfect. <laughs> 
But once again, Manitoba, I apologize for swearing so much. Um, I, I try hard not to. I know some of you really don't like that language. But uh, this guy, he like I said, he's our justice minister. And when we have articles of like 15-year-olds killing people and fucking people attacking cops, cops shooting people, Chief Danny Smith, like you said, 1,200 stabbings this past year. And uh, our elected officials, they want to just blame the federal government. They want to come up with plans that'll take three years to initiate. And then when they do come up with something, $46,000 here, and then $110,000 to help them make signs and public service announcements. Meanwhile, Manitoba, the ladies from It Takes a Village, go check out their Facebook page. They were at um, the law courts because the dude that fucking hit the people during the protest, during the convoy at the ledge, he was released after, I think, a day in jail. And, uh, yeah, this whole court appearance was just a big fuck all. I think he just had to show up and the, the, go watch, check out the video. I, w- I was busy, so I couldn't watch the whole thing. But I don't even think the judge, like, they were confused if it was traffic court or, like like I said, it, w- it was not a big deal. It got remanded. I believe that's what uh, they ended up saying. But, uh, yeah, he's just out living his life, probably without a care in the world. He ran over four people. But, uh... And all these stories, besides the cop that like got a is getting charged, all these stories happen like within a week. So, fuck. I don't even want. I I remember back in July or June when I was saying like we're on track for like another record breaker for murders. I I honestly don't want to know what we're at. But anyway, Manitoba, that is gonna do it for today's show. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. Like I said, I really do appreciate sharing. Uh, That helps the most. Sharing is caring. But Manitoba, I love you guys so much. Uh, That's going to do it for today's show. And I'll see you guys Thursday. Bye.